0: Welcome to Got Your Milk, Mork, you gotta say it with me, Got Mork's not here, Catfish, you've got a Got Your, oh my goodness gracious, welcome to Got Your Milk, a podcast about the Vampire Apocalypse show, The Strain, I'm your host Bubba, and sadly, this week's episode, which was a great episode, The Battle for Central Park, our podcast, the Got Your Milk podcast may be a little shorter than usual. Mork is on special assignment. Catfish is out of town. I was going to have some friends of ours from Geek Girl Soup Skype in, but they couldn't do it. And then my last resort, my brother, got pulled away because we have had a family medical emergency in the Bubba family. So, heck, this is going to be a short episode. This is just my voice. How terrible. Maybe I'll ask Sir Drake can't help out. Or me, hey, Professor. I'm going to drop this bomb. And I'm not going to set up the bomb until we've spent all this time getting here. And then when I'm here and I can be attacked by all sides by Strigoi, I'll spend 15 minutes setting the bomb because we got to make sure it kills them. And so really it will just be me tonight. I apologize for that. I'll go to Twitter and all the hashtags got your milks for hopefully more fun. But boy, this was a fun episode. It's a shame nobody's here. This is probably, call me crazy, this might be my favorite episode of The Strain here on FX. If I was going to rate it out of 10, I would, man, I can't give it 10 out of 10. I might have to give this nine, what I like to call triple F's out of 10. Triple F's, well, I don't mean F from Good Weathers. I mean, feeler, female friendships. That's what Zach got this episode. Hey, get busy. We all know that little boys grow up when they turn 13 and they get feelings or feelers to think about when they're alone in their bedroom. And so, yeah, Zach... Was a player. I tweeted this out. Don't hate the player. Just hate Zach. Because he was totally making a moves. He's like, female feeler, you do not have to stay over there. You can get on the bed with me. Hello. Cha ching. A lot of great stuff. A lot of interesting things in the battle for Central Park. But first and foremost, it succeeded. This show, I was talking about it with Catfish when Catfish and I were recording. Our podcast about Ash versus Evil Dead, and that's a brand new season that's started up this same weekend as this episode. So go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, go to SoundCloud, I believe, and download the Ash versus Evil Dead versus Bubba versus Catfish podcast for all your Ash versus Evil Dead needs. And also a reminder, we got a Twin Peaks podcast launching in a week and a half, I believe. You can go to our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash double p podcast. That's the word double. The single letter P and the word podcast, plural, facebook.com slash double P podcast to find out about all our shows. But when we were talking about the strain on the other podcast, I was saying catfish off air. I was like, the strain doesn't know what it does well. And some things it doesn't do well, which it should do well. But the one thing it has never done well, that for some reason it wants to keep trying, is melodrama. It's, oh my goodness, my marriage is falling apart. Oh no, my son doesn't like me because I've never there for him oh now my wife ex-wife has turned and i'm with this and oh i cheated on nora's mom's daughter nora all this ridiculous melodrama it's just been terrible at that and what it's been good at is the fun wacky silliness of it and when the strain does that it's really good the strain wasn't so wacky and silly tonight so much, but unlike in other episodes, they actually provided the thrills, they provided the scares, they provided the reasons why you would turn into a vampire apocalypse show. I always go back to season one, when, hey bruh, it's me Gus, Gus was trapped in a police van with his best friend, and his best friend was slowly turning in a stergoy and they're locked in the back of this police van, you know, all this stress. that should have been a very frightening, terrifying moment. But instead, there was no tension. It was kind of like, all right, here we go. Let's see what's going to happen. Where tonight, they understand you stick it in a setting, a dark setting, in tight corridors where Sturgoy can jump out from any angle, and it raises the stakes. It raises the tension. Now, of course, this being a typical DV show, nothing happened to any of our heroes. Hey, bruh, I'm safe. So am I, the Silver Angel, who really doesn't have any characteristics other than I hang out with Gus. New female prisoner friend. She turned out okay, and so did F and sexy female hacker Dutch and Zach. I mean, like, everybody turned out okay except poor man's Christoph Walsh, who, you know, give him a hand. He really provided some tenseness. And just like the show, just like always, if the show needs him to suddenly have super speed, he has it. And why are they not turning F? Do the Sturgoy and the Master, do they hate him as much as we hate him? It doesn't make any sense. But this show, it did so many things right. And one of the best moments is, I've been meaning to say this on the podcast, but I always think it, you know, the master is such a such a tease. He's so pointless. All he does is talk trash through his sturgoy. And so as soon as the master sees, you know, as soon as the one sturgoy turns his eyes red to showcase, hey, the master, this is it. Dutch just killed him. You know why listen to his usual trash talk? I love it. That was that's what we've needed. That's what the show has wanted. I loved it. I want you guys to tell me how you felt about this episode. Once again, go to our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash double P podcast, or hashtag Got Your Milk podcast on Twitter. Tweet at me, Bubba. I'm on Twitter at Fit and Trim. That's F I T T E N T R I M. At Fit and Trim on Twitter. And be sure to tweet at Catfish and Mork and tell them that they missed a really great episode, which I know, let's be honest, I know they'll go back and watch multiple times. But this really was good. Nine out of ten is my rating. And it might be, I think, the most effective episode of The Strain that we have ever had. So let's jump right up into this episode. And sure enough, We have to set it up. We have to set it up that, okay, we found this nest, and we've got to go destroy the nest. We have a clear mission. Sooner or later, the whole Scooby gang, all our Strigoi fighters, Gus and the Silver Angel and Fett and Captain Rogers, hello, reoccurring character apparently, and F and... Dutch you know everybody's pulled into a one single thing see how fun this is when they all have a mission yes okay F is focusing on the brainwaves while Fed is interested in planting the bomb and Councilwoman Feraldo is uh, just sitting there doing exposition with her, with her officer Frank but we all have one goal we're all going to do something and at least from the outset this goal makes a lot of sense yeah you got to blow up this nest hell yeah and so next thing we know we find out that hey hey Okay, Doc, I'll do it. That they're going to clear out Central Park. And what's so funny is the end of the episode makes it seem like this was such a terrible idea. And so, okay, maybe all the forces focusing on the tunnels was bad. But sure enough, they killed thousands of Strigoi. They needed to. Yes, apparently there's more thousands who suddenly rushed in from the north. From Harlem. Way to go, Harlem. (laughs) But still... Now they're out in the open. Okay, maybe they'll be easier to kill. And once again, once the sun comes up, they will disappear. So, I don't think it's that big a disaster, even though it feels like everybody feels like they lost. But anyway, we have this scene at the beginning. It's setting up our premise, our mission for this episode. We have got to have the Battle of Central Park. Everybody remembers the Battle of Red Hook was one of the better episodes in the past, even though that had a lot of head slapping. This episode, I didn't slap my head too much. It was good. Now, Fett... Sure enough, he has to find Captain Rogers because he has been recruited. How did Fett raise up so high? How did he officially become somebody who the uh, who was it? the Marines were looking at <laughs> He was leading Stargoy Team seven and uh, everybody and finally, Captain Rogers, she remembers her time at the bar. Here's this guy I picked up at the bar, and he's still wearing wait for it, drink the badge. Hashtag badge watch is still odd. And he suddenly comes clean. Guys, you know, I want to say this. It's often smart to come clean after you've had a one night of passion with Captain Rogers. Sure. And she didn't seem to mind that she, he was just a lowly exterminator. Let me say, have you ever been in that position where you pick somebody up, theoretically, because they're very powerful, and then you find out all they do is uh, kill bugs and catch rats? let me say it hurts, uh, but I still had fun at prom. Fett is going to do something that I always love to do, is show off your hot new girlfriend to your ex-girlfriend. You know, you find a way so that she can see, yeah, you haven't broken my heart. Look who I'm with now, Captain Rogers. Meanwhile, this is cut in intercut with who? Everybody's favorite son, Zach 2.0. And Zach... We all know how batty he can drive everybody. It's not just got your milk listeners. Everybody seems to just be driven nuts by this kid, and specifically by F, F, his father, wearing the wig that drove us all nuts in season one. But this flashback about the baseball, thank God it's not about the bike, sets up what is, of course, pure silliness. Like I said, there wasn't so much wacky silliness, but for reasons that kind of don't make too much sense, Kelly... And, sure enough, poor man's Christoph Walls are like, Hey, kid, we got you a pet. A feeler. This makes no sense. The lovely actress Natalie Brown, who plays the mother formerly known as Lovely Kelly, she she doesn't get much to do in this episode. It's kind of like we're bringing you this feeler to keep you safe. Pet it. Pet the girl, son. A lot of times, you know, boys are shy. And so your parents do have to push you into that first relationship. Prom was fun. But anyway... This was so ridiculous. You know, this is <laughs> this is like E.T. Hey, E.T., let's play catch. Spoiler alert, Elliot played catch with E.T. This is so ridiculous. They sure have not given poor man's crust walls much to do this season at all. He really, all he does is talk. Except at the end of this episode, when he's talking, he loses a hand. But still, it sets up ridiculousness. It sets up, hey, <laughs> Zach 2.0. We're giving you this girlfriend who's going to protect you. And of course, just like poor man's Christoph Waltz, she has some very awkward bullet speed, which she only uses in the most in our opportune times. Zach says, you know, go, close to the door, then back. And she uses it for that. No other times. Think of how quickly she could have caught the ball when he was playing fetch if she had used that bullet time. Why do you think the master and poor man's Christoph Waltz, I coursed and mother formerly known as lovely kelly why haven't they turned Zach? what is the point of this they as i keep pointing out they don't want to turn f from good weather because let's be honest you don't want f on your side if f suddenly became a Sturgoy, their odds of winning this awesome battle would fall off the map but still it kind of doesn't make any sense i wonder if they you know we have these young gymnasts who play the feelers on retainer and we've got, we do, they said we had to use them in at least 5 episodes this season If you can figure out why Zach 2.0 needed a feeler, please, please let me know. But now let's get back to, hey, hey Dutch, it's me, with his new play partner, his new team member, sexy Captain Rogers. And why, if they're hanging out at the Olympiad Club, why does Fett leave the silver dust that's great for bombs back in Red Hook, Brooklyn, at F's Experimental Laboratory, your guess is as good as no one's because it doesn't make any sense. Let's just ride past it. It does set up Dutch to get very passive aggressive. And for those of you who are now on Team Futch, that's Team Ephraim Goodweather and Team Dutch, like you want them to hook up in the ship contest, they're yin and yang. They're a little needling of each other. It's pretty good. I think Team Futch is really going to grow this week with this, especially since... What do you do when you see your ex with somebody hot? You suddenly sleep with F from Good Weather. I really think that's the only way Nora did it. I really think that's the only way the woman down in Washington, D.C. did it. It's only when you're at your lowest point do you suddenly switch to F. And F and Dutch, do we think this storyline is going anywhere? Okay, we're going to study the brain waves of the evil Strigoy. It better go some way. Knowing the show as we know the show, it tends to not go anywhere. (laughs) As I always say, you can't kill the master until we think you kill the master. But wait, crimson worm, drink. So, anywho, I think their playfulness together really, really works. And once again, it's pulling the Scooby gang together. This is what I've been asking for, and I thought it really paid off in this episode. We don't understand the science of, hey, let's grab a Stergoi infected brain, hook it up to, I assume, a microwave receiver. I, you know, I'm trying to think. Everybody slap me. This makes no sense that I'm trying to figure this out. But still, it's fun. The team is coming together. And then, sure enough, we find the double Cs, the conscription crew of, hey, bruh, it's me, Gus, as well as Silver Angel and the wonderful... The wonderful actor from Oz, Lee Turgeson, who's been great in so many things. I remember him back in, what was it, Wayne's World 2 he was in. He also had a bit part in the old uh, TV show version of Weird Science. The guy's uh, really good in everything. That set up some great tense moments there. And once again, it's pulling everybody together. Is it possible? And we all know that the answer is no. Is it possible now? that Gus and Silver Angel can officially come out to the Olympian Club and join the rest of everybody, including Satrakian. They gave me the week off. And Strabon, a.k.a. Quinlan. You know, it would be nice if everybody was together, everybody was working on something. Everybody could at least put their uh, brains together to work on whatever the Akado Lumen is trying to teach us. Anywho, everybody's going underground. Everybody is fighting and killing Sturgoy. That's what we like. The way that the conscription crew has to be given these lame fighting tools, that's great. It also is, makes it seem like they're cannon fodder, which maybe they are, but even cannon fodder, you would give them something. And once again, you might give them UV lights. Has everybody forgotten season one about, hey, UV lights help us? <laughs> they help us kill these things. These things can't attack us if we flood everything in UV lights. And why how did the stergoy get past the quote-unquote check, check blocks at the end of the episode? Shouldn't they have been lit up with UV lights? But of course, that's asking things to make sense, which we know they will not. I don't know if there's too much commentary I can give about all these scenes down in dark tunnels, where it's almost like a video game. A lot of times you're in first-person perspective of evil Stergoi coming out at you. I would say, you know, they tend to always fall from above. Does nobody have the look out of look above? Does nobody have above you phase of looking out? Nobody, that's not anybody's uh, responsibility. Anybody on this? We go into these tunnels, and I think all of them were really good scenes. I think the best was with Fett and Captain Rogers because it was so tight. It was so cramped. The editing, the score, they make it tight. They have almost what I would call an aliens type moment where the steam valve breaks and it gets smoky and then you can't see what's happening and you just hear the screams of the quote unquote red shirts being pulled off. Really good, really effective. Why haven't they been doing this since the beginning? You know, why why has this not been the case? This is blatantly aliens. You know, we're attacking these monsters in the dark. Why haven't we been doing this since the very beginning? I also love that in the FET captain Rogers story, before they met up with everything, they ran into a partner of theirs who, you know, they hold up the UV light to him, and he's been turned. And all they decide then is, you know what, let's kill him. Let's not, you know, we don't have time. Let's just kill him, buddy. You're our friend. We love you. We'll kill you. Now, they say, we're going to come back for your body. Guess what they don't do? <laughs> they don't go back for his body. They're like, let's get out of here after they've blown up the stragoi. But still, the thought was nice, right? They tried. In the conscription crew, we have Lee Turgens in here as the lead officer and the female officer. And this is also, once again, it's a setup out of aliens where you have this fight amongst the humans. You know, they're not all good guys. They're, they're people who are taking different sides. And while you wish maybe that the cops... <laughs> We're more smart, and we're better, and and it wasn't. So here the evil, stupid cops, as opposed to here's Gus and Silver Angel who know what they're doing. At the very least, it creates tension where it doesn't just have to be a boogie scare about, hey, we're going to drop out of the ceiling and tongue worm somebody. It's actual, you know, kind of character-driven tension where, yes, we're being attacked by evil Stagoi, while at the same time we have these cops who may just blow us away because they're evil. We had some fun on both stories. We had some fun and including, excuse me, I should say F and Dutch got in this too. When they were killing, <laughs> when they were killing Strigoy, a lot of times they were removing the stinger. You know, isn't that kind of the only dangerous part of a Strigoy? It's not like their hands are super strong and can rip you. If you can somehow just kill the, kill the stinger, then as long as the worms don't get out, get in your eye, they're famous way to sneak into your body, aren't you good that way? So once again, really tense, really fun stuff that is happening, which leads us back to what? Zach 2.0's first date. Now, I don't know about you, maybe we have our female listeners can say if they've ever been invited to a boy's bedroom where he's like, hey, come sit on the bed with me and read this book, but I'm just saying it was on time. I was ready for the porn music to come on, bounce, Bow, bow, Zach 2.0 mm, 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 to loving Zach Feeler. Mm, mm. Sure enough, we have to leave that and cut back to the conscription crew in their, You know, in their, I would say Mexican standoff, but that might seem a little racist considering Silver Angel. But anyway, uh, Maria, the female prisoner, is being forced into a tunnel, and Gus, hey boy, he gets he gets the drop on the female cop. She's calling out to Lee Turgidson, whose character... Is his character named Tardy? That also seems a bit insensitive. Hey, Tardy. But anyway, they shoot the cops. How fun, how crazy. And then they try to escape, but apparently they can't backtrack because there'd be more cops where they were going. So they go deeper into these tunnels, a.k.a. maybe deeper into where the Sturgoy want them to come. And then we cut back to Zach, and right when he was really making headway with this girl... His mom interrupts, just like Brom. So anyway, apparently they're no longer safe there. People are coming who want to kill all the Sturgoy. Zack 2.0, is he not slightly nuts? He's seen these feelers kill people. He's seen his mom kill people. And yet, he is the most worthless piece of space. But he comes up with a plan. I'll leave a note hidden in the Maze Runner. Sure, these Marines coming in to kill all these sturgoys, they'll have time to pick up the book and then flip through it to the note that I wrote. (laughs) Why not just rip the page out of the book and then leave it behind so somebody could find you? No, he has to bury it deep in. He's like, oh, this is my favorite chapter of the book. I'll write my note here. Hi, I'm Zach 2.0. Rescue me. Anywho, the Strigoi back in Conscription Corps... They're doing a great job of making Gus, Silver Angel, and Maria, who I'm not sure ever got a gun, they have a great job of making them waste their bullets. To be honest, aren't there enough Sir so that no matter how many bullets they have, if they just set a legion of Sir at them, they'd all, Gus and Silver Angel and Maria would fall? Obviously, I'm thinking too much about it because here comes, Hey, hey Gus, I know this guy. It's Gus. And Silver Angel, hey, what are you doing? And so, sure enough, they hook back up with him and Officer Kate Rogers, Captain Kate Rogers. Ooh, Kate gets a first name, too, Captain Rogers. They decide, listen, you've got to come with us. We've lost our team. We're going down there to kill this nest. Gus, being quite the gentleman he is, he loves to break hearts. In Season 1, he broke his mother's heart. In Season 2, he broke the girl from the Tandori Palace's heart. And now his latest love interest, who will probably die later, Maria He's like, this is no place for her, Angel. Get her out of here, brah. And, of course, Angel, he's like, wait, uh, you mean leave and not go on the search? Sure. Later. (laughs) The next thing we see is F and Dutch. And they see these large spikes, large spikes in communication from the Sturgoy. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? But at the same time, they're getting a message from Fett, who's telling F, hey, get down here. Now... Normally, if the episode hadn't been so good, I would start slapping my head. Why exactly does F need to come down there? Because you found this book with a message that says, hey, I'm not here. (laughs) That doesn't seem to make any sense whatsoever. But sure enough, that allows the teams to once again come together. And we follow the teams down. And we have that great moment where the master is taking over this Goy, because he wants to trash talk with F and Dutch just cuts off his head one clean cut. So when the worms get in you, they weak your skull so much, your skull becomes less dense so that just one simple blade can cut through it. Just like warm butter. We get to the nest boy. This is a great scene, but it's also, while I was watching it, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Why didn't he have the bomb ready? No, I had to come all the way here and then put the bomb together. Well, I suppose you would say, but Bubba, if he had put the bomb together, there was a chance it would go off before he got to the nest. And while I say that might be logical, the strain is never logical, so I can't believe that's the reason. No, he couldn't put the bomb together until now, so we could have this really effectively tense moment of he's trying to put the bomb together while Captain Rogers and Gus are trying to stop the evil horde, the evil evil Strigoi who are trying to stop that bomb. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it. And it was tense. It was effective. I don't know who directed this episode, but they know what they're doing. What is slightly weird is that we had Dutch cut off the head of the one the Master was trying to talk to. F went, well, now they know we're here. Yeah, they know they're, you're there, but all these Strigoi in the nest, they didn't wake up. It's nighttime. They didn't wake up then. It wasn't until one of the dead bodies that Captain Rogers and Gus kill fall down into the dead nest that they finally woke up. Like they're finally, oh, okay, wait, we shouldn't be awake at this time. Anywho, this was effective. This was a great scene. This was, we want our heroes to succeed, I suppose. And so this was a great scene of we're going to fire in the hole. Another thing, why are you yelling that? <laughs> why are you yelling that? you, you What a surprise them. Anywho, it doesn't work. We waste a lot of silver, a lot of pawn shops got got to get all that silver, but it does the effect. Admittedly, the same effect could have been done if we had just lit up the place with UV lights. Anywho, we got them, we fried them. Whoop, there it is. And it's an effective moment. Our team has succeeded. This has been a season of a lot of successes. They may not have killed the master, but... Bolivar got got. They may not have uh, ever killed poor man's Christoph Waltz, but now he's missing a hand. They may not have got Zach 2.0 back, but you know what? That's good. Thank God. That's for the best. Leave him. <laughs> Hopefully they'll turn him. Please, somebody give Zach 2.0 an effective personality. It would be wonderful. And the show does a nice fake out by having us, you know, with about 10 minutes left, having us feel really good. Councilwoman Feraldo with Frank in the command center. They're like, oh, we did it. We won, we won, we won. Now, they do have some weird technology, which allows them to have the park be green if there's no Sturgoy in it, or turn red when Sturgoy raided it. But it's a great moment, and it separates it from the Battle of Red Hook. The Battle of Red Hook was, once again, a real uplifting moment as the community and our heroes fought back and we're able to defeat the Goy and have a moment of victory. This was a great fake out in that we think it's a great victory. I still actually think they did a lot of positive things. But on the flip side, they lose it. And so the coming dread and certainly a horror series like The Strain Hero we talk about on Got Your Milk does have to have a good feeling of dread. When F and Dutch finally show up at Zach's bedroom, I have to be honest, I thought, well, this is great. They've set up the feeler to protect Zach 2.0, and so the feeler will attack them in the bedroom. Love it, makes so much sense. But no, instead it was supposed to hit the melodrama, which I mentioned earlier that the show doesn't do so well. As Zach could pick up a shirt, smell it, and say, that's Zach's 2.0 stench. He never did wash his clothes. And then have a very odd, once again, trash-talking moment with poor man's Christoph Waltz. I, I don't understand, what was this supposed to be? It made no sense other than it was tense. It was an episode full of tense moments. And sure enough, when Poor Man's Crystal Falls appears, and we know he's got the bullet speed. Once again, your thought is F is F'd. There's no way passive aggressive F can survive this. And I have to be honest, before they got into their little Bond villain talk, I wondered why F didn't just immediately fire. Why isn't he always firing? This is so ridiculous. Why isn't F, when he knows they he's got bullet speed, You know, no matter how fast the bullet is, if you've got a gun in one hand and a blade in another, you would think something could hit something. But no, that wasn't to be. Why do you think poor man's Christoph Waltz did come up and talk trash? Uh, Because he's like, let me congratulate you on your great victory. Or was it? You know, way to spoil the surprise there, buddy. You You and your team were about to come and really kick ass and win. But nope, didn't happen cuts off his hand, his hand is still twitching, worms are coming out of it. I have to be honest, that's one thing I'm not quite sure I understand. You can shoot somebody in the head, and that kind of kills them, but the little worms inside them can still get out and cause trouble, obviously. I mean, last, was it just a couple of weeks ago where we had the bomb go off there in the Red Hook Command Center, and yet somehow, after the bomb went off, uh, the worms were still alive and could cause trouble. So the host can die, but the worms can still cause trouble not making too much sense. Let's be completely honest. When we come back with the bombing crew, hey, bruh, it's me, Gus, left Fett and Captain Rogers alone. He's like, okay, you guys go off on your own. I suppose he's going to look for Angel and Maria somehow. But they are by themselves when they get the news of, uh-oh, everything's screwed. Once again, they didn't go back for the bodies. They come out and they realize there's trouble. Coming out of a different thing here in Central Park. And I've been in Central Park. I'm pretty sure they don't have huge gates that lead to underground tunnels. F and Dutch see the cops who are running and say, get the hell out of here. Get the hell out of here. The Sturgoy are taking back the park. And I think this makes perfect sense. Dutch is trying to tell F, listen to me. What are you doing? There are thousands Sturgoy's coming. Zach's not here. Let's get out of here. But F, you know, darn it. Ooh, I want to find out he has to run and give up as well. He's got to run for the cab, run for the cab. And sure enough, we leave for Aldo's distraught. The whole city has been swept up in red, a.k.a. Sturgoy has come. And it makes it seem like Manhattan is a lost cause. Can everybody fall back to Brooklyn, any living humans fall back and somehow survive? We know that Sturgoy technically can't cross the river or bodies of water without help, I guess that's what we're supposed to know. But anyway, it is a great moment of dread, of moment of pain, a moment of fear, of like, oh no, our heroes are in trouble, that the episode ends on. And that is what we want. That is what we needed. That is what the show, sadly, has not provided us enough of. Give it to us, the strain. Give it to us. So that was it. That was this week's episode. Once again, more like a single episode with just one, a kind of one plot, if you weren't involved in that plot, like... Satrakian. Satrakian. And Quinlan, you didn't get to appear in the episode, but even though Satrakian is one of the best characters, the episode didn't miss him. It was fine without him. And so now what do we still have? Well, we still have New York in Disarray. We still don't know who the master is, Master 3.0, after he left Bolivar. Where is he now? Where is his control? The Ancient Ones Have continued to do nothing, (laughs) and Gus's mom is out there who will still cause trouble in the final four episodes. We found out this week that the strain is coming back for a fourth and final season. You don't think that's why Catfish and Work didn't come this week, do you? That they realized, oh my God, we've got 14 more episodes of this show to talk about? I don't know. I think if they saw this episode, they would have been really impressed. I was impressed. I apologize. It's just been my rambling voice the whole time. I Promise you, the crew will be back next week to really get into some Sturgoy killing fun. I want to get to some tweets we got here, which I really, 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 really enjoyed so much. And that is, we have Geek Girl Soup, where they said, "Oh, poor man's Christoph Walls, he's a handful." They also said reunited like, with the hashtag Got Your Milk podcast. That's what I'm saying, reunited. Get the Scooby Gang together. We also had our good friend, Trone, who wrote lifelong lessons and words of wisdom learned from this week's Got Your Milk podcast. Next episode is next week's problem. <laughs> Until next time, tweet at me. Tell me how bad a job I did on this podcast all by myself. You can tweet at me. My name's Bubba at Fit and Trim. That's F-I-T-T-E-N-T-R-I-M at Fit and Trim on Twitter. Please, if you're so inclined to go to iTunes and give me a one-star review for this one-host review of The Strain Battle for Central Park, please go to iTunes and give us a review. It always helps other Strigoi Team 7 members find us to help us battle the evil Strigoi. Finally, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash WPPodcast. That's the word Facebook, excuse me, the word Facebook, yes, the word .com, yes, <laughs> facebook.com slash WPPodcast. Want to hear from you. Thank you so much, and you'll hear us next time on Got Your Milk. Boy, this sounds so sad when it's just me.